everybody. Welcome back to the Breaking Bad Insider Podcast. We're talking about episode 411, which is called... Crawl Space. Space. Oh, cool. My name is Kelly Dixon. I'm here with a bunch of guests today. I'm here with Vince Gilligan. Hello. And Sam Catlin, writer Sam Catlin, writer George Mastris. Uh, actor Bob Odenkirk plays Saul. Hi. Actor uh, actor Jesse Pinkman. Actor Aaron Paul plays Jesse Pinkman. Hello. And our music composer uh, Dave Porter. Hi. Thanks you guys for coming. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna rush uh, a little bit this uh, in the beginning because uh, Bob Odenkirk has to leave us. So I just wanted to jump right in, Vince, and let's yeah. talk a little bit to Bob about um, this, these great scenes that uh, our writers wrote for uh, for Bob this this episode. Because yes. now Walt has to. Walt has decided. Finally. The time. show is coming around. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the season is finding its feet. <laughs> We're 11. <laughs> no, Walt has basically said now that uh, he needs to use the disappearer. Yes. So, yeah, so uh, we're jumping to the last scene first here. With, who uh, was mentioned which is earlier yes. in an earlier scene. Right, and, and, episode and four, uh, 404. Episode 404, uh, there's that big scene, which, uh, funnily enough, <laughs> we we when we came up, guys, uh, back me up here. When we came up with this idea of a disappearer yeah. for for this episode eleven, when we were talking in advance of it, saying we we you know at a certain point Walt should check out here, we realized at that late later date we should probably it would have been best to have spoken of it on camera earlier in the year. So luckily, episode four, directed by Colin Buxy, written by Moira, Moira Wally Beckett was a little was still finishing up and it was a little short running time wise so moira wrote a scene uh, an addendum to the scene where where bob where you and brian are talking yeah yeah and, and we added in you guys at I a later it. date yeah shot shot that yeah, scene i just watched that uh, i don't know a week or two ago and my wife was like what was that about she, you know, she totally noticed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Totally noticed it was a different. You know, bit just of... a con conversation about this guy, and oh, yeah. the, oh, you know, yeah. because at that point nothing happens. Right. With right. It. Right. Yes. Yeah, so that is. So you you see that moment of well, you know, in four episode four, when you if you really seriously got to get out of here, yeah. I do know a guy who can make it disappear. Yeah. It's, it's expensive, and there's no coming back. But right. file it away for later for a later right, date. Right. So that scene was written. After the fact, and and you guys went in and uh, shot that additional, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds of dialogue, yeah. which plugged in very nicely, I must say, to the pre-existing footage in that I don't know scene. who directed it. Did Michelle, you, Michelle no, directed it. Actually, Michelle it. McLaren. Yeah, she just set it up exactly. Yeah. And who directed the earlier episode? That, so. Colin Buxy. Yeah, because his camera angles were amazing in that yeah. scene, too, with yeah. Brian in the foreground and me way in the back yeah. during my yammering speech. It was yeah, really yeah. good, and just that yeah. you guys... Stick with that and don't be cutting around all the time. It's great. Oh, you know what you're thinking of? I think you're thinking of the scene, and well, maybe it's that you know way. what I'm talking about, where I'm out of focus but talking for a long time. And Walt's in the foreground. Yeah, you know what that is? That was Peter Gould in episode seven. Yeah, that's, yeah. Not it. <laughs> that's a great. That's where they were just holding really that shot nice, for like 30, well 40 done. seconds. You know, we're lucky. Every single one of our directors does a great job. Well yeah, done. And then we'll get to the last two, and that was me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, so now basically Saul, you know, he's he's kind of realizing that it's like getting a little tight. 
right? It's, it's yeah, been a little... things have been getting tight for Saul. It's, yeah. I don't like it. But, I, like uh, because now you, you like that's not what the show's about. I'm not supposed to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, because you have to now be you know consiliary to uh, uh, Jesse and Walt, and now Skyler. And Skyler like, too, who's not an easy uh, client. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not, not his favorite client. <laughs> He likes people who do what he asks and don't argue with him all the time. <laughs> but um, uh, guys, uh, 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 Sam and George, um, you know the vacuum cleaner salesman guy who, oh, you know, yeah. the card. How did that come about? Whose idea was that? And I, I remember the whole idea of the, the, well, the whole idea of the disappearer. I think I, I remember reading an article or something, and like one of the, I was in an airplane or something about one of these people that actually exists. So they do actually exist. These people, you can pay them a bunch of money and they'll completely disappear you off the face of the earth. And a lot of them are sort of people that like started out as, you know, finding missing persons and they reverse it and they become the kind of people who make you disappear. And, uh, you know, the vacuum cleaner repair thing, I just put on there because I figured if someone's going to have this kind of business, you're not going to you're not going to hang a shingle and advertise you're the disappearer because <laughs> people are disappearing usually doing it for good reason. So whoever is going to find them is going to, you know, torture it out of them where they disappeared to. So, you know, that was sort of the idea that it would be something, just an anonymous number and then, you know, or something that's completely, you know, seems innocuous. But Well, I love the, you know, when, when they finally go over, when the guys finally go over to uh, uh, – Ted Benneke's, you know, yeah, Saul yeah. has basically sent, you yeah. know, his so guys. Sent his You've sent your A-team. Oh, yeah, I love my A-team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, surprised that Saul thinks they're the A-team, but I guess in Albuquerque, uh, <laughs> that's the best you can get. Um, it's, it's Division Three A-team. <laughs> um and it's and it's yeah. and it's Huel uh, and it's uh, 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 Kubi. Yeah, uh, and the two stand-up comics play those parts. Two very good stand-up comics, um, uh, Billy Burr, yeah. right? Yeah, and um, oh, uh, Lavelle and La- Crawford. Lavelle Crawford. Both really funny guys. Now in their stand-up acts. And being in the comedy, being have, certainly uh, having a great experience in the comedy world yourself, had you had you known these guys before you met them on the set of Breaking Bad? I probably met Billy once before, and I'd certainly seen him and heard about him. And uh, Lavelle I'd seen on uh, Last Comic Standing, okay. and I thought he was great yeah. there. I really liked him. Yeah. Um, he's great. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both really... Did you see Billy Burr on Letterman, like, last week? Not oh, last week, man. Man, was killed he, it, there, killed it. He, great he, set, great. He, he's fantastic. He's so good. <laughs> we, we, uh, uh, George and Sam will back me up when, when we're at a at a, a sticking point story wise in the writers' room. I'll invariably say, "All right, pull up YouTube, pull up Bill Burr on YouTube," and then we'll just sit there and just just yeah. laugh my ass off. He is so <laughs> damn funny. Right. He's, he's he's very great. good. Well, so uh, you know, I, did, I know I've never worked with them or anything, but you know, just known them and watched them and knew about them. Um, but they did a great job. I mean, I haven't seen their scenes with Benicky. It's um, great. It's great. Yeah, because at this point, you haven't seen uh, like with uh, last week's of uh, episode ten. Uh, you guys are a little bit at a disadvantage. We record these uh, before you. You guys. You. Uh, yeah, I haven't you and seen, the seen these episodes. Yeah, but they, their scene came out great. It is really. Fantastic. It's really, really funny. Yeah. And and Christopher Cousins, who plays Ted Benicky, does a great job. And a great uh, stuntman uh, was involved in that. Oh, I uh, thought he did it himself. No, I'm just kidding. He did. He did. Some 
concerned with it himself, but the actual sliding and whamming of the head. Uh, is, uh, How do you make that a stunt? What do you do to? You just hire a lot of stuntmen, and they do. Each but... one does one take, and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's I, how did they do that? Were you guys there? there is there a there, way yeah. to hit your head into a wall? There was a big pad there that you know because it's, it's angled such that you can't see the actual impact. Right, that's on, true. I mean, I, I think we have a shot where it is angled where you see the impact, but when you really wanted to hit it hard because you know you really had to sell it, um, there was a pad there yeah. and the stuntman, you know, he hit it pretty hard, but uh. But there's no, to, there's no way to do that safely. I don't know. Whatever. I think it's. I think it is safely done. These guys are real professional, and I think uh, they know. At the end of the day, it's a really good TV show, but it's only a TV show. Mm. No reason to get crippled doing yeah. a TV yeah. show. And they they make it. That's their job, I guess, to yeah. make it look yeah. like it's and dangerous. It took a few takes because the yeah. stuntman wanted to sell it. You know, he was like, okay, you know, I want to really go for it this time really go for it and so he put a lot into it and was he speaking clearly by the end <laughs> I did it on the yeah. so it's just kind of their mentality what? they just want to go <laughs> you're okay. losing language that's okay. it's okay I don't use it that well we should also mention that this was directed by Scott Winant Scott Winant did an episode for us last year the episode where uh, um, Walt comes in and throws the plant into Ted Beneke's yeah. uh, window and then has a fit in the office and has to get carried out out yeah. by, uh, and then has and has a fight the, with the Saul. Sam, the Sam have, wrote. Yeah, yeah, he has yeah. a big fight with Saul in the office. Yeah. Right? Uh, well, yeah, I mean that is uh, for me getting to have a big uh, fight with uh, Brian in character <laughs> is um, super cool and uh, something that you want to be there for and bring everything to the table. You know what I mean? Because he's so good. Because he dragged you over the desk. Anytime I have moments like that with these guys, you know, that's where you want to... That's where this is like such a new thing to me uh, and and a challenge and uh, exciting if it feels like we get it. You know what I mean? Um, I actually feel like I didn't get that one scene we didn't talk about this but there's an earlier scene with you in the car i told you what a bad day i had that day yeah. with, I come with Aaron. in the car yeah, yeah, yeah. i thought you were great i, I told you why I, I haven't seen it i know it's played yeah that's probably why i didn't watch the other <laughs> oh that scene is great man no, you were what, great. what, what oh, did you feel what did you feel this was the scene where you deliver the money, uh, where Saul delivers the weekly money to Andrea. Right. So there I'm trying to do the scene and, and having a hard time doing it and very self-conscious, which is terrible. You shouldn't be, you know, when you're acting. You can't be that. Whatever, I hope I got through it. <laughs> Listen, man, you're a trooper. And but you're no, it's a scene I remember yeah. because, you know, anytime I'm opposite Aaron or Brian and they're, and especially if there's some, like, strong emotions involved, which usually there are, yeah. but... Not always with Saul, because sometimes Saul is just, uh, he's like playing a game, you know. He's like trying to move the pieces around to his own advantage, but to whoever his client is. And it's a kind of a, I almost think it's fun for Saul. And it's fun to play with high stakes, you know. Yeah. I think he he he's energized by it. Yeah, to me, even though there's danger, even though the client's in danger, or sometimes he's in danger, or maybe could eventually be in danger. I mean, he's getting more stuck in the mire here yeah. as the season goes. But yeah, definitely. But um, mired in the muck. 
this year. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, yeah, I mean, so a lot of Saul's scenes over the years are just that kind of fun. He's having a good time, yeah. you know, playing this game. He likes doing it. Um, yeah. But then these scenes that are where he's got his back to the wall, he, his own um, stakes are going up for him, yeah. you know, and and then these guys are so um, such strong performers, and it, it's a real challenge. It's a real exciting and daunting, <laughs> but but great because you know, look, I'm 48 years old. I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing comedy a long time, and uh, it's really fun to do. And I'm not that phased by it. I can sort of tune in pretty quick to what needs to be done. So this is a new uh, area for me, and uh, it, that's really cool to get to do when you, uh, after years of doing something, you know, is to try something new and, uh, <laughs> you know, that you guys are. Uh, Appreciate it and feel that I'm not ruining. Oh, you're so great! You're kidding? Awesome. No way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding? Look, believe me. That's what I'm thinking. Is like I don't want to wreck this great thing that all these people have built up with all their hard work and talents, and and so it's really wonderful to uh, focus my efforts and you know work hard and feel like I could fit in and uh, not uh, not break this beautiful thing you're building <laughs> uh, no, man, i'll fix to... it <laughs> no man we're lucky to have you in the, you know what i mean so then a scene with brian you know like this scene i just focused completely on it and and hope that i can do it this felt good yeah. now this one as opposed to the scene with you where i felt like oh god it's so i can't get this and all these people are watching <laughs> these no. great actors are standing sitting next to me and i'm Flub, flubbing my way through this. Uh, nothing harder than doing one line in a scene yeah. that has any kind of emotion to it. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the hard. That's the biggest challenge. That's the hardest. But when you have yeah. room to move and mm-hmm. find your way, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very helpful. That's interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize that. Oh, it's the hardest thing. Yeah. I've I've had that a few times, and uh, it's. It's hell, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you got to be there right at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, you got to like... be there for that line and do it yeah, just yeah. right and have the timing. You have no, you have no power over the timing of the scene because everybody, everybody else does. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But when you're when you're talking and you you have a longer way in, you know, yeah. everything about it it works for you. You get to control the timing at that. Yeah, point. you're a big part of it. Yeah. About setting the pace and and you also can emotionally find your way to the place. Gotcha. You have a bunch of ways in gotcha but um so we should write that really long dialogue scenes i'm not look (laughs) the fact that people seem to like that (laughs) pages and pages of stuff is a reason to do it but then also yeah no i love it no it's great so that this was a really this felt good this felt like i got it you you know you nailed it but you nailed it in uh, last week's episode too all right you just feel like you did but you did you did it was great it's great so we would never let you crash the plane okay good good. ever thank you <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So no, this is great. Really felt good and uh, fun to do. Wow. Cool. God bless you, man. Thank you. All and right. We know you got to even go Take go hang son. out with your son. Have a yeah. have a great day with and your son. Uh, please okay. tell Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, man. So you know, it's great to have Bob, you know, here to talk yeah. about that part. But let's like jump back to the first part of the. Well, episode. let's say one last thing about about all that. Uh, do we think uh, what do we, what do we think actually happened to uh, Ted Benneke? I don't know. 
don't know either. You, you, what, what happened, guys? Uh, no. All I can say is... <laughs> is he alive that, or is he dead? That Talking about that scene, <laughs> we pitched that and repitched that scene over and over again just because we thought it was so funny. Um, and what, know, Vince he, said no? Is that what the deal is? No, we just thought it was funny. So oh. we just I had to, they had to wake me it. up. They were thinking, <laughs> I'm not off. <laughs> just talked about the clear liquid coming out of his ears and his fingers fluttering. I like that. And I like the oranges falling, too. I like the oranges falling. <laughs> that was a good touch. Was that in the script, the oranges falling, or was yeah. that Scott Wynant? That was, that was in there. That was in there. Was I like that part about, are you going to make you Huel happy? Make Huel happy. Yeah. Huel, are you happy? Reasonably. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to jump back to the very beginning because, you know, last we saw our, you know, these guys, they were pulling out of Don Eladio's in a rush. Jesse's yeah. driving the car. Gus is, you yeah. know, on his last legs. Mike has been shot. So we start in where basically you've got, you know, sort of a montage feeling where you've got a surgery center and we don't know what's going on. And then these guys rush in. Jesse... Uh, brings uh, Gus. I guess they rush in. They get Gus, but then Jesse is, you know, bringing Mike in, and I don't know how you manage that. But <laughs> were, you, were you really? Uh, how was that fun driving that caddy in there? Are you oh, really smoking right. it in? Oh yeah, <laughs> I was flying down that dirt and desert could, road. And you could see the wheels lock up when you slide it in there. Oh, it was so fun. That was fun. Yeah. How many takes of that? Um, did it actually quite a bit. Yeah. Five, six, something like that. Aren't you glad you don't have to drive the RV anymore, though? Yes, I hated <laughs> driving that thing. The wind is just so so sensitive to the wind. Yeah, like, yeah. A, like a giant billboard, like right now. Yeah, was, you know, yeah. I mean, it was just like going left, right, like just swaying. Um, you wow. feel like you were just gonna get blown off. I'm just a horrible driver, I guess. But um, it felt like you were gonna yeah, get blown off the road. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Parallel parking scene in for you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. So, but you know what? I want to also bring up, you know, because we start this thing and it's it's kind of like there's a lot of there's a lot of your music in the beginning of that you know where you kind of start a mood don't you yeah there's a lot of music uh, okay, in the teaser as i we usually do have um a lot of score in the teaser but in this case um we just like the action we picked up right where we left off the episode before right so it's actually an extension of the same cue same piece of music wow and takes okay. us uh into the the hospital scene which i love actually one of my favorite things about this episode is that because it just seems so unexpected and it so, looks so, so different too it it's does, just so yeah. white and just bright and like you know the color is just so different from don Eladio's where we just were and yeah. it's like sunbaked and now it's this you know but the other thing too i i know we've mentioned before in the podcast but um i don't know if we've mentioned it this season dave uh you're one of the few people if not i don't know maybe one of the only people in our crew you know who basically does not watch the episode until or you don't read the scripts it's true you yes. you wait until we send you the episode and yep. then and yeah. so what you know when you when you you know saw what happened at the end of 410 you know and you're anxiously waiting for 411 how long is the space by the way between when we send you you know is it is about what a week or two weeks or something between when you get to see the episodes uh, you know, it's every week. I is mean, we're, every, by, okay. when we're really moving. It's, it's. Yeah. I'm seeing an episode every week, just like someone would at home. Actually. And then, how long do you usually get to turn over cues when you have to start giving Vince cues to uh, approve? Three or four days. Wow. 
usually. <laughs> so, yeah, when we're really moving, we're really moving. Plus, wow. plus you're a new dad. Yes, yes. Not only was I not sleeping, thank you. Yeah, not only was I not sleeping from work reasons, I wasn't sleeping anyway, so... It all, it all worked out, but so when you saw this one, and yeah, you're, you're I like, saw, you I don't know what's happening. No, I have no idea what's going. On. And the, the reason I do that, by the way, is not because I'm lazy or I don't have <laughs> enormous respect for our writers. I, I do, and uh, but but I, I I take a lot from the visceral reaction that I have when I first watch it because I'm very fortunate to be uh, the last part of the puzzle usually, and so the episodes are already amazing when I see them. I mean, they're done. They're they're practically fully formed. Uh, so the, the the version that I get to see is not dramatically different from what people see when they watch it at except home. Except for it has music. Except so for this. Quite no dramatically well, different. Well, yes, but yeah. <laughs> but I want to have that same reaction that I think the audience is going to have because uh, that's a lot of what score does in TV show is either heighten or 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 push action or dramatic moments or or whatever. But it it helps me. Um, not to sound corny, but I, I sort of hear a little bit what what I'm going to do, even when I watch it the first time. Oh, really? You, so you, I, do you hear the music in your head? It's not it's not even the, the music precisely, but it, it's it's a quality. It's a, it's an emotion. It's a quality. Yeah. And so when I saw this first scene in the teaser, uh, because I had been spending that whole week working on the previous episode, I instantly knew that it was it was the same. It was a continuation of the drive and. And the crazy, and it's, it's such a great, that long sweeping shot of you driving up in the in the <laughs> caddy and then pulling Mike with the blood squirting out of yeah. his boots and everything. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you great. do such a phenomenal job each and every week. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I had two things. I think it's a real smart thing to wait and see the edited episode instead of reading the script because uh, very often there'll be scenes that, that we love in the script stage that don't make it into the final edit for time reasons. Yep. So it's better better to see what you actually have versus what you will potentially have by reading the script because you 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 come into it very in a very in a very pure state it's whatever it is it's there or it's not there and mm-hmm. that's what you are responding to on your on your visceral level and exactly. and you're not thinking back to or you're not thinking when you read the script oh man i know what to do with this great scene and wait a minute where the hell is it when you're watching it right <laughs> or this used to be this way but because yeah. when you got shot it you had to do something different yeah. it changed into something else exactly and, sometimes and so we'll I'm change not the hung up on yeah. some older version or some older idea that's yeah. no longer part of the show so. good point so I'm oh I'm sorry Vince go no, ahead. No, no, well, uh, just uh, one, one last question about your process because I, I didn't realize so much of this because I I sometimes hear dialogue in my head and I start typing it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I actually I'm glad you brought this up. So you don't quite hear music in your head, but you kind of. And then also, do you hear it clear or whatever it is that occurs to you? Is it is it readily apparent which scenes should have music and then which scenes? How do what goes into picking which scenes have music and which scenes stay as we call dry, dry right. without music? Um, again, I think it's a gut feeling. Um, I mean, I can't totally explain the the creative process of the actual making the music or what appears in my head. If I could, I, I'd market it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, uh, yeah, I'd be yeah, making yeah. money doing doing that. Uh, yeah. But I, it is for me. It's a lot of improvisation when I do finally sit down to to write music. Some things work and some things don't, and I just sort of build on what works. And yeah. um, but when I'm watching the episode. I usually, I think because I'm a composer, I think about music in every episode, in every scene. Sure, sure. Uh, knowing full well that, of course, that's not appropriate. And then when we narrow it down, 
usually uh, in my head, we, I, after I've watched it, I have thoughts about it, but I want to then go back to the people who know best, you and the writers and, and Kelly or Skip, whoever edited it, who has been working with it longer and whose intentions uh, are behind what's on the screen. Right. And then I can ask, what is the most important element right. of this moment? And then we can together decide whether music would help yeah. to emphasize that what you're trying to portray the most gotcha. or not, or if it would hurt. Um, so, like for example, there's a scene in, in this episode where Gus goes to visit Tio. We talked a lot about music in that scene in the in the uh, in the nursing home. Yes, yes. And we went without music ultimately. Yes. Although uh, I did write music for that scene, and so did Thomas, uh, our music supervisor, found music yeah. license po license possibility. For, uh, for music for that scene but in the end they were so good and there was no reason to heighten anything in that scene that uh, we didn't use it and that's very common for it, us it's interesting because uh, the piece of music that you wrote for that scene was beautiful and evocative and I mean it wasn't when I say beautiful I mean it was a great piece of music it, it was it was it was it 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 reinforced the emotion of that scene and that was the thing that the, I think, uh, recalling now, the reason we decided to go dry with that scene and not use your, your wonderful music was because it was an, as I recall now, Giancarlo's, uh, Giancarlo playing, playing Gus there was very, it was a very emotional moment, which was a little unusual for Gus to play naked emotion, uh, or in this sense, naked, a naked need for revenge and for the sadistic, uh, you know, taking out his uh, his punishment on 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 meeting out his punishment on 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 Tio there, so it felt like at that moment, you know, we're getting everything we need from him, and if we had anything more selling, any more emotion here, it might it, it might feel like too much. I think that was agreed. Yeah, yeah. but but I, the, the music you wrote was great, and we didn't know until we tried. Yeah, and that's I think half of my job is to write music for scenes that that don't end up having music or end up having some other kind of music because. You a lot of times you just don't know until you try. True. And uh, and you can guess all you want, but when you finally marry the two things together, uh, then you know. Yeah, yeah. Not until then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Aaron, I'd like to get I'd like to jump back a little bit into the um, very beginning of the episode because um, y y Jesse now is sort of starting to understand that there's a larger plan afoot here that he was really not involved in it's that scene that you know you gentlemen wrote the scene where jesse realizes that there's blood for gus there's blood for mike and there's blood yeah. for him there's so many subtleties this year and now you know there's so many things that jesse is starting to understand what's how did that start vince with you guys does it start early and the subtlety for instance of uh of 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 jesse realizing how how deep a, a chess player uh, yeah, uh, Gustavo is. Yeah, and also he's, he's that built a hospital for himself. Exactly yeah. in the but, middle of a in the middle of a, a truck barn. And that's what I'm saying. There's so many subtleties, but now you know Jesse is really seeing that you know that there's been a lot of play in the background. Let's put it that way. I guess. Yeah, a lot of a lot of behind the scenes maneuvering. Yeah, and machinations and. Is that, that difficult that also... <clears throat> for you guys? No, I think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, we start the season with seeing you know a, a phase of gus's long-term plan and i mean we never i don't i don't know the answer to this but like i imagine that the hospital was built before gus may have even 
or the plans for the hospital may be predate Walt. You know, really. I mean, because wow. this is yeah. this is a yeah. long. I think maybe so. I think Gus would have have to have known that he's building the super lab. He's going to get pushed back from the cartel because yeah. he's going to cut them out. Yeah. So at a certain point, he's going to have to do what he does at the hacienda with Don Eladio. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always fun, mm. you know, like in the previous episode where where we talk about you know Gus laying down the the towel yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything's planned out. It's like that that part of Gus in terms of how deep a game he's playing and a lot of this stuff. I mean, the Jesse of it is just brilliant improvisation. <laughs> you know, you know, in terms of making lemonade out of lemons with Jesse, but I think he was always planning. On point poisoning, yeah. Don Eladio. Don Eladio. Wow. What the whole Tio backstory is about, and one thing that Aaron's learning is it's fun because you know a couple episodes ago you had the great scene with Brian where Brian's like, "It's all about me." Yeah. You're learning, really. Brian's kind of in Gus's world. It's not all about Brian. It's all about this other thing, and you're learning. You know these things that you're learning is he's got a much larger yeah, slow, view of the world than Brian. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Aaron, point. how much of what's happening in the whole season do you know at the beginning, or do you just I, learn I, it? I, I learn it as the as script, yeah, as as it goes. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that helps or hinders? No, you? I, think, I, think, I think it helps. Really? Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I, I think I, uh, I I can't wait to see what happens in the next episode. So we get these. We get. Uh, Usually two or three outlines at once, um, which is just uh, you know a rough summary of what the episode is uh, is about. Um, and I try not read them all at once, but I, <laughs> sometimes I gotta be, I, I I I can't help myself because you know I'm just like anyone else. I'm just I'm dying to I'm just salivating. I'm, I'm dying to know what, what, what's going to happen with these uh, these characters and this story. But um, yeah, I'm. I have no idea where this this show is heading, you know, at the beginning at all. But like at that point, do you I mean, you know, in 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 411 at that point where you realize this whole thing has been set up probably yeah. from I mean, you don't even know your own blood type and they know right. your blood type. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um I mean, does it is it starting to dawn on Jesse as far as like how deep this goes and it, do you think Jesse like feels tired? Is he is he like so wanting to be done with these people? Um I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I think he's. It's a part of his world now, you know. And I think he's, he's accepting that. But uh, I think it's. He's just so intrigued by how brilliant. I think so too. I think this, you're right. Yeah, it's brilliant. like making twenty. Even or if you hate a guy, even yeah. if you hate a guy, you gotta your hat's gotta be off to a guy who builds himself his own one man hospital. Yeah, months ahead of schedule, it. like Sam said, and staffs it and and, and has blood types cross match for everybody who right. may potentially come in with a bullet in their gut. You know, yeah, you gotta you gotta your hat has gotta be off to a dude like that. Right. Even yeah. if you even if you want him dead, Absolutely. he builds himself a hospital. For himself, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and staffs it and makes them—they're on call, obviously, because they yeah. didn't know when, you he know. Set it up so that he clearly had a relationship with that the doctor from years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love yeah, the actor too. who plays. Yeah, he's yeah. really good. So great, great I job. I also love guys. that 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 quality in Jesse. That's just the opposite of of Walt, where it's like Jesse has no 
pretense of being the smartest guy in the room at all. <laughs> he's he's got a really kind of clear-eyed picture of where he falls intellectually. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, <it's> just like, <laughs> he's like, wow, that guy's smart. You know? <laughs> As opposed to Walt, when Walt comes across something brilliant that Gus has done, Walt's like hair or head's about to explode. <laughs> right. He's so insecure. <laughs> he's so insecure. <laughs> You know, um, you brought this up a little bit earlier, Vince, when uh, Bob was here, but I kind of want to jump back to it. Um, uh, I'm curious, and, you know, maybe you don't want to answer this, but I'm curious because it never occurred to me when I read the script um, where when Skyler says, are you blackmailing me? Is he blackmailing Skyler? Well, I should let these guys I mean, I I love the fact that I don't know. I mean, you know, I feel like kind of stupid that I don't know, but I like, I love the fact that that's kind of an interesting thing to me. And I'm like, wow, is he? Before they answer that, I want to give a shout out to the guy who played uh, Gus's personal doctor too, by the way. That actor did a really good job. Was that JB? JB did a great job. He reminds me, wouldn't he be perfect? If they were making a movie about the making of Raiders of the Lost Ark, for him to That's play exactly Sala, that guy, right. what's that actor's uh, name? Uh, um, uh, John Re- John Reese Davies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asps, very dangerous. Yeah, you go first. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't he be great? He's exactly that. I guy. love that guy. He's good. Yeah, he's British, right? The actor. He is. Yeah. You mean the Indian Jones Absolutely, the John Reese Davies is, but is not also JB British? Had a British accent, so did he? He did? Okay, yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't meet him, but he's... Anyway, back to your question, which was a good one. Is is Ted blackmailing Skyler? Does he want more money? It didn't occur to me, and I was like, wow, that's cool, you know? You know, Ted is like, it's one of those characters that we've all been tempted to, and Vince has kind of literally talked talked us out of it many times, which is like, you kind of want to make Ted a douchebag just because he's (laughs) the other guy, and, you know, there's something about the... You know, it's very easy to make him a douchebag or a bad guy, you know. So, but we wanted to kind of straddle the line with this scene about, you know, whether or not, you know, I think it's kind of an open question about whether or not he's really blackmailing. I think he kind of has to be, right? I think so, too. I think that, like, he may not know it himself, but, like... It's like saying, well, I'll have to kick the kids out of school and yeah. I'll have to pay for that. And, and I noticed you didn't uh, give me all the money back. There's the money for the Mercedes. Yeah. You are going to be returning that, right? Oh, well, these things are very difficult. To get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't play He plays yeah. it really well because yeah. there's nothing yeah. kind of like shifty-eyed about him too much. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line, every time you, when you first said it, it floored me. And the, right here, we're, this is our writer's room where we tape these podcasts. Right here in the writer's room. Yeah, uh, with the line about where she says, "Ted, are you blackmailing me?" No, what? you know, blah blah blah. I, I'd say the line. Uh, I feel like I'm not explaining it right. <laughs> the, first, the first time you said he that, blamed, I almost yeah. fell out of he my chair. He blames himself for the misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that line. At all, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's funny. I love cause that I, line. I just absolutely love the scene because I, I just it didn't occur to me, and I'm like, oh my god, you know? Yeah, I guess if she's got six hundred and whatever how much money it was, she must have more. See, I love that you're asking the question because yeah. because I'm just repeating back what Sam just said, but it, it is easy to make any character. It's easy to put the black hat or the white hat on them completely, but I we like gray hats. 
in the writers' room and just period uh, on uh, on on Breaking Bad. And and it's it's more fun that you would ask the question. Was he really? Uh, hopefully, other people out there are as well. Is he was he really blackmailing her, or yeah. is she being hypersensitive? I think like Sam. I think he's really blackmailing her, but he. He's he's also got to maintain his own self image, I think, of being a good guy. Yeah. And uh, you know, no, nah, you know, and his his logic. Is, he wants to get the business back. He wants to put his, his logic people on, back to work. Yeah, on paper, it all sounds yeah. pretty good, and yet he's still, you know, douchey McGee here. So <laughs> we always we always would talk about like you know because Ted's got to get you know he's got to get paybacks a bitch and it like he's you know this, we're pitching these scenes where Walt shows up in the pouring rain with a silencer and puts a bullet through his head. <laughs> but but ultimately, how how Ted gets you know dealt with is so much more satisfying it's so much more kind of like deliciously anticlimactic <laughs> i love too the the two actors you know bill and uh and uh lavelle bill you know LaVelle, because yeah. they're so funny they're like when that happens they just kind of look at each other and you know uh what uh but i also like the fact that we don't know I love lavelle's i love he, bill burr comes steps out into the shot and he looks back at lavelle and he's like and lavelle just makes this great this great shrug of, i don't know what the fuck <laughs> wasn't me <laughs> this is act of god yeah, i don't count for no act of god <laughs> I love him. He's great. We we got the line. We got in the uh, look forward to the DVD version where he gets to say uh, this little motherfucker instead of this little mofo. We'll have that on the DVD. Ah, okay. Yeah, we, we couldn't do that unfortunately on the, <laughs> on the AMC's airwaves. So um, back, sort of jumping back a little bit. Um, you know, Jesse really makes a stand. You know, at this point too with Gus. Where you know they're like it's six miles to Texas and they're gonna walk and they're they're leaving Mike. Mike is still they have to leave him there. So you know, but uh, Jesse basically said you know Gus is like you know you can run the lab on your own. You've proven that you can do it, and you basically tell him Aaron Jesse basically tells him I'm not gonna do it. You know we'll have a problem if you yeah. kill Mr. White. I love that you still call him Mr. White. <laughs> oh, so do I. I think I think it's great. I mean, I uh, I and I love the relationship between Jesse and Mike. That that's been kind of kind of blossoming, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he cares for him, and it, obviously, such a different way. From, sort of a May December kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful. But, it's a beautiful thing. Touching. Physical. Yeah. You make yeah. him feel young again. <laughs> But you know, I'm sorry to interrupt your flow there because you're right. You're heading to something good here, which is like I don't know gotta, if I was heading to anything good. He's got to leave this guy behind. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got to leave this guy behind. He's like, wow. Uh, and Gus has been not. He hasn't been playing Jesse. I don't think, but he has has been using Jesse to help help him get what he he wants. Right. You know and. Uh, but he's just such a, such an evil man, you know. <laughs> is he or is he? I guess I mean yeah. I mean he's a, he's he's hardcore. Is he? Is he? Are you talking about Gus or Mike? Is no, 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 no. I don't. I don't I'm talking about Gus. I mean, oh. is he's, he's he seems cold and he seems. He, yeah, maybe he, maybe evil's the wrong word, but yeah, no, he's no, no. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's right. I'm not. I'm not arguing with him. I'm just. I'm. I'm asking the question that. Yeah. I mean, he he. Well, back in the first episode of the season, he cuts a. And actually, speaking of which, I mean, you know, could this happen to me? Jesse might be thinking, not to put words in your mouth, yeah. but I mean, because it's like uh, Victor gets his throat cut when he becomes discardable, 
Yeah. Uh, Mike has got a bullet in his gut. He's left in Mexico. I mean, he's left in the care of a doctor, but, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, Gus shows up, looks through his pockets, uh, Mike's coat pocket, gets the necklace out, and then says, without a look back, says, Vominos. So, yeah. you know, how, dis how, how uh, expendable am I? Exactly. How expendable is anyone who works for uh, Gus Gustavo Fring? Yeah, I mean, Jesse cannot trust Gus for a second, really. Yeah, it makes so. sense. But I don't think he gets pleasure. Evil, true evil to me would be someone, hey, you know what? No, I guess he's evil. Sure he is. But, I mean, he's he's not, he didn't sadistically enjoy cutting right. Victor's throat. He did yeah. it. It was a means to an end. He is he is nothing if not pragmatic. Uh -huh. so. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I. That's what I think too. Yeah. Um. You know, I I want to jump right quick. Also, I hate to say right quick, but I want to make sure that we get it in the the whole scene um out in the desert where they've basically taken walls. Oh, isn't that a great? Yeah. So because you know you're going off on on you're going on on the whole thing about Gus being evil, and that was pretty damn, you know, evil. He's like, I will I will kill your wife and your. Ch I mean, it's like whoa. No, it is. You know, that was a crazy thing for me to say a minute ago. Yeah, the dude is evil. Sure, <laughs> but it's like, but like, does he? Do you think he threatens Walt's family just to be, uh, just because he hates Walt's guts, or is it? Is it? There's, is there a big element of it that I just, I, this guy has got a very thick head, and I have to get it through his <laughs> yeah. thick head right. not to do anything stupid here. <laughs> because you know he. I mean, Walt is really, I mean, I'm not saying that he's out of his element, but he kind of is. He was a chemistry teacher, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, they never thought they would get into something like this. And Gus, at this point, has to, look, he slit Victor's throat in the beginning. Didn't that give you a clue, you know, uh -huh. that I will do this? What, what aren't you understanding? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's one of my favorite lines for Skylar in the episode is, what, why, what does she say? He's, I'm jumping around here, but when the, that great line you guys put in, uh, when the, he, uh, uh, Ted is saying his thing, and she says, "Why, why are you? What is that line?" She says, "Why are you? How are you not understanding me here?" Oh yeah, I love that line. Yeah. I love how Anna does that. Anna does a great job in that scene. That's a great scene. <laughs> By the way, there's a great. I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to say there's a great shot in that sequence, uh, that is, I think, over a minute long. That that Scott. Uh, Hopefully Scott will be happy when he sees it in the cut. It, uh, Scott, I think would would uh, uh, was probably thinking we would never use a, a shot that long, but he had this beautiful wide shot that were the clouds. Oh, yeah, yes, that so, was gorgeous. That we, uh, uh, we that this uh, our Skip who edited the episode did an amazing job. He sped the whole thing up by twenty percent, uh, and then he cut a minute out of the middle of it, and then uh, and married the two pieces together so that the cloud goes over the shot and then the sun comes back out oh yeah no it's that yeah that yeah. one where it gets shot. oh that's awesome, Isn't that an awesome yeah shot? that's beautiful he cut out a whole minute of that shot and then he some somehow the dialogue still fell into more or less looked like it fell into uh brian's mouth as he's talking on his knees there and gus is standing over him and uh it's a hell of a shot and i love it because the sun is out and then the cloud comes over everything goes dark and then the sun comes back out again all within one shot and uh that was that was there was a hell of a lot of work. Diane Mercer, uh, uh, our uh, post production producer, did a great job. She and her guys uh, digitally uh, married together uh, what what uh, Skip was unable to, to 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 marry together in the editing room, which was, you know, at the point that of Skip's cut, everybody 
uh, kind of moves just a little bit in the, you know, everyone's standing very still, Gus yeah. and his two guys, and then Walt are very still, but they move just a little bit because they're not robots, you know. So, so digitally, those guys, uh, Diane's guys, kind of separated each one and kind of froze them and did all kinds of tricks, froze the sky, and uh, uh, crazy, all the stuff they did. Just Amazing to get job. your, your yeah. sun to move that shadow, the, to basically get your shadow. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. the sun moving in and out was, was captured on film. That's real. But making every make it all look seamless of a piece, even, because though, there's, it's even though there's a minute up. cut out of the middle yeah. and sped up on top of that. Yeah. So, crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk briefly about the accident. The car accident. No, oh, yeah. On the way to, uh, I guess he he was taking him to the chicken ranch, right? Walt was taking. It was the um, the uh, laundromat. The oh yes, the laundromat. Person. My bad, my bad. Yeah, because yeah. Hank is hot on the trail, and so they thought they were going to the chicken. He's place. he's putting uh, he's putting uh, uh, Walt in a really bad position, and Walt yeah. has no other choice but to. So um, there was actually I wanted to bring that up because there was actually a question on uh, one of the boards where somebody asked. Is the Aztec going to make it through the season? And I, I kind of answered and I said, I can't answer that. So now you know the answer. No, the Aztec did not make it through well, the season. You know, things can be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But there is, you know, because. I don't know why anyone in the right mind would <laughs> fix an Aztec? <laughs> it's like a, a Bentley front on it. But let me ask you this, Vince. Because, yes, the Rolls Royce uh, but I also know that winged victory or whatever. Yeah, we yeah. only have a few of them. Yeah. And so, what, you know, was, was it a. What, what did you guys do to, to actually make that car? I mean, did you guys wreck one of our, you know. Precious Aztecs, or I, I wasn't there that day, but I think so. Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, no, we had. Uh, uh, our, uh, um, I wasn't there that day either, unfortunately. But uh, um, uh, we uh, are. Uh, we have excellent uh, stunt stunt folks who, uh, and uh, special effects folks who figured out how to do that without hurting anybody. Yeah. And. Uh, but you hurt one of our Aztecs. <laughs> oh yeah, the Aztec. Well. Yeah, Aztec uh, got kind of messed up. Probably, probably totaled. Probably, wow. probably bent the frame. I would imagine. You know, shed a tear for the a, it's, a, it's such an ugly car. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it works. It's so great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was. I saw it just on the internet again today. Some every now and then there's an article popping up about the Aztec because it is. It is. It, you know, there was the AMC Pacer and the AMC Gremlin, and now the now the yeah. Pontiac Aztec. Although well, you, for my money. There's a new there's a new contender for worlds. Oh, worlds. I like that car. I think that's a cute car. D- huh? The cube. No. Oh, you know the cube is the goddamn the awful. Cube. I was gonna say the cube. I do not like care the, for. The but juke. the Nissan Juke, which rhymes which rhymes with puke. Juke. I like it. I yeah. think it's cute. It looks like something the Keebler elves would drop acid and then go buy. And I uh, just like, what? The, who the hell designed this thing? Hey, you know what? Um, I, I want to get to right quickly, though, is um, I, when I was watching and Walt finally comes home and he's looking in the crawl space, because our crawl space is a set. Yeah. Looks an incredible set. I, you know, I had to even remind yeah. my assistant that it was a set. The crawl space is, is built up, elevated off the floor. So the very bottom of the crawl space, the dirt at the bottom of the crawl space is about three feet off the ground. And then there's about two and a half, three feet of clearance within the crawl space. And then above that is the floor of the, of the, uh, of the closet, the water right. heater closet. And there's four walls of the water heater closet. And then they can put on a removable 
ceiling if you need to be looking upward okay and uh the whole thing is uh it, the whole thing is like uh maybe 12 14 feet square so they were able to do that scene together they weren't having to feet. do it separately skylar and walt were weren't having to do it separately two, two different oh okay mm. I don't yeah, think so. I don't okay. think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. They're yeah. talking. Oh, so you they're can, talking vertically. Yeah. Oh, I see. They, Scott had this amazing shot in his mind that you see at the end of the episode. Right. Uh, and uh, Michael Slovis, uh, our director of photography, and uh, Aubrey, our key grip, and his guys figured out a way to mount a camera on some electric winches. So the whole camera rig gets pulled up. So that very cool shot at the very end of the episode where the camera starts on Walt and you're looking through the little square, the little uh-huh. the little hidey hole, and he's lying on his back in the dirt and you pull up and up and up and up and up and you go past the light bulb. And right. You, that was done with uh, this really neat rig made out of, look like speed rail or something and, and uh, electric winches and... and uh, it was funny. It was wobbling a little bit because it's on it's on cable. It's on steel aircraft cable. It's, uh-huh. it's on winches, uh, steel rope, and uh, it's wobbling a little bit because that that's what happens when you, when something gets winched, and they were uh, they were hoping it wouldn't wobble, and and uh, we we're like, well, we'll fix it in post. We'll we'll stabilize it. But when they stabilized it, um, it just would not work. It was one of those shots that just would not bear stabilization. It made it look weird. Yeah really weird and, and freaky deaky and but not in a good way so the final shot is not stabilized but i like it the way it is i like that there's a little bit of sway to it it just <laughs> it otherwise i think it would have felt like some kind of cg shot instead uh-huh. of something shot practically and I, I like that there's a little sway to it i think it adds to the the emotion of the moment yeah totally yeah um Am I missing anything? Well, that whole last scene, you guys want to talk about writing that? So, don't want to talk about uh, talk about uh, the, the Walt laughing. Yeah. In the in the crawl space, <laughs> I love this, scene. and I love your music really there. Great. I want yeah, to hear about the music too. Well, let's talk. We'll get to Dave's music. Let's talk about uh, that scene and 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 him laughing. That's which seems like the weirdest thing to be doing. It's at this moment that we, I think, we conceived of the laughing in the room. I mean, it was this moment where Walt, everything. I mean, it's just every, he's at the end of the line. Everything yeah. he just found out that the money that was going to save his family's lives is now that that's you know gave it Benneke. away to Benneke to, <laughs> to pay him off, which is the ultimate absurdity of absurdities. And uh, and uh, you know the only thing he can do at that point is sort of like laugh at the gods, and that's sort of I think what we were trying to go yeah. for. It was like you're so fucked yeah. that there's 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 no getting out of this. And uh, you know, in Walt's mind, he's he's a dead man, and he's he's caused in this moment he's caused like the death of his family, and so that was the only yeah. absurd sort of reaction to it. And Brian played it perfectly. Perfectly. Really. <laughs> you guys wrote it great, and then Brian pl- played it great. And we were worried in the writers' room, as I recall, like if this were any lesser actor. I mean, we're even with Brian doing it. We're worried: will this play the way we intended? A guy laughing, will it just seem silly or weird or just bump us? You know, but he 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 was, he is so clearly hysterical. He's so clearly closer to the edge of sanity mm-hmm. than he's ever been, than we've mm-hmm. ever seen him before. And, and Brian yeah. just nailed it. I also feel like <clears throat> this whole last act—it's he's such a, a hard case this season, Brian. I mean, Walt, and like this end of this episode feels to me like the first time in a while where I like I felt sorry for him. I felt I really felt sorry for Walt. Yeah. Like he's. Fucked. And do you, do you hate do you hate Skyler for doing what you did? 
Some no, people will. Some people I know. hate Skyler. No matter what. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, no matter yeah. what. But really, I think it's really I a bummer. That, yeah. 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 But I, I also feel like she, you know, she's really try, I mean, if, trying if, to keep her family yeah, together just like Walt if, says he is. If she, if Ted messes this up, yeah. they are really in trouble yeah, with yeah. that. You know, with I think that no matter thing. what we say, though, in Skyler's defense, there's going to be people out there who just, uh uh, not having yeah. it. You know, which which I, I can think it's get. Unfortunate. I, which I see, I wouldn't argue. And then the music, fantastic. Yeah, thank uh, you. I, one, one of my favorite cues ever. Thank you. That's one of my favorite scenes that we've done certainly this season. And uh, when I watched it at home, like we were talking about before, and when it had no music in it, uh, it starts really for me when when he rushes out of Saul's office to head back to try to find, get the money, and uh, that is you know clearly one of our our high tension, high drama cues uh, that I love to do. Uh, but then there was this moment when he yells at Skyler from the crawl space, yeah. and there's a, a shot, and I'm not good at explaining the the technical stuff about the camera stuff, but the, a shot from down below of yeah. Skyler sort of fading yes. back yeah. into the dark, and I had this thought, this is Breaking Bad doing a horror movie. It, yes. <laughs> I really had that feeling, and, yeah. and, and every composer salivates at the thought of doing horror movies because it, it's so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is so it? fun. Yeah. Yeah. And there's tons of music, and the music is so mm. you know, usually forward and, and front and, and powerful. And, and so th- that was the moment where I just we could strip it all out yeah. and just reduce it to something that was just very mm. visceral and, yeah. and, uh, and horrifying. Yeah, because you're horrified right. for him. I mean, you're sad for him, but I was mostly just horrified for him. I mean, his 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 days are so numbered. Yeah. Right, and, and, and none looked, of it's going to go yeah. well. Because we conceive we conceived that shot looking down on a wall, and the idea was supposed to be he was like lying in a tomb, yeah. and then when, he, when yes. the, the laughing goes off, we right. just wanted that ultimate stillness, and then. So as that was raising, I mean, your music really accentuated what we had in the script, which was that that visual of walls sort of. Yeah, in the bowels of his house, dead practically. <laughs> <laughs> for for those that are yeah, interested in the, in the in the music technology behind it, it's actually deceptively simple. It, it was just a, that last shot where the camera pulls is is one strike of a, of a piece of metal on metal. Really? Yeah, that you don't even hear. because yeah. I've taken it out, but then I've fed it into uh, an analog delay that repeats. And it, re- it repeats in rhythm with oh, with the tempo that I'd so established earlier, but it, what you're doing is each with each repeat, yeah. it feeds some of the the, the previous uh, iterations of it back in, so like feeding back loop. like a guitar would. Okay, um, and huh. so it's gradually oh, okay. growing and growing and growing until it's it's essentially obliterating. Wow, all the frequencies. So great. It goes awesome. into the end. I love the way it goes. And then the yeah, it just sucks out into the. Yeah. You guys were saying, is this like the loudest we've ever gotten on the show? Like, there's something in the mix, like that. There's like a legal limit of how law, how loud you can go. There's always a legal limit, and we always abide by it. It feels like this was louder than any other music we've ever done, but it's just, it's, it's deceptive. It's perception. It's, it's still within the legal limit. Loudness in this case. Wow. But uh, at at home, it should uh, hopefully be very loud. Or we're getting the wrap up. So, uh, hey, you guys. Um, unfortunately, we gotta wrap it up. So, uh, thank you, Aaron, Dave, thanks, Kelly, Vince. Thank you. Thank you, Sam, thanks, George. Kelly. Thank you, everybody, um, for taking time on your Sunday to come talk to us. Uh, we will uh, talk to y'all next week on. Uh, ooh, gosh, the penultimate, penultimate episode number four twelve. Four twelve. Name of which is End Times. Don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> End Times. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you, everybody. Let's go break bad.